Welcome back to Administrative Static. Uh, I'm here with Carol Rollins and Casey Norman, and we're kind of just discussing what happened at the Federal Society Convention, which is always sort of an interesting uh, program here in D.C., and you see a lot of judges and people like that. And uh, we're, we've, we've moved on to Friday, and, and I'm just going to um, say that I thought that one of the um, more surprising things was they had a fireside chat with FTC chair Lena Kahn, who if you told me which bureaucrat would appear at the Federalist Society from the Biden administration, I did not have that on my bingo card. And she, she was interviewed by NCLA client Todd Zwicky. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the Antonin uh, Scalia over at George Mason Law School. And so um, I'd say I'd say Todd played with kid gloves, but, you know, you don't want to – you're hosting someone. She's mm-hmm. a guest. You don't really want to bat her around. But I was kind of um, – I was kind of surprised how, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 there wasn't any fireworks. Mm-hmm. I thought anyone else – yeah, I mean, that that question and answer session could have gotten wild, and it <laughs> didn't. Um, and, you know, and I think, you, and this is true of the FTC, and it's certainly because it's it's Chair Khan's background. Um, a lot of the conversations that you see are in really focus on the antitrust side, where f- from our side of what we do, we, we consumer tend to products. do more of the consumer product side, and, and, you know, there are various aspects on that, what they call consumer protection. And so... It's interesting to hear her talk on the antitrust side because I have no background in antitrust. And, you know, when she's talking about originalism and how the FTC got to some of its more recent positions, you know, they said, we, we went back. We looked at all the precedent. We looked at the statute. We modified where what we were doing didn't match the statute. And I was actually sort of taken aback by that. So I have seen this already because uh, the head of the F- one of the FTC antitrust people and justices antitrust people talked to a, f- a federal panel that was also hosted by Zwicky over at the press club earlier uh, this year. And they're pitching that the Clayton Act and the FTC Act and all of these, if, if you go back to their original form, that they are doing originalism. But they're doing a Woodrow Wilson originalism. So all those things were formed. So pro bureaucrat, exactly, and 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 anti constitution. I would argue, but I did think that was good. I, I thought it was a good pitch by her. But the questions I learned last night, I was talking to Bob Bork Jr. and the first question asking her whether she's protecting the consumer or competitors. That was one question, mm-hmm. and then the other question was by our own Mark Chenoweth um, mm-hmm. about, you know, are, are they being neutral? Are they following the law? And obviously, Mark didn't think so, but she said they were. But those questions were both by um, people who are uh, on the other side. And I think you don't see that except at the Federalist Society. Mm-hmm. So whatever happened. I, so I, I, will, um, I will move on from Lena Khan, but I do, I do suggest you say it. And if Todd's wiki's out there, you mentioned many of our cases, Todd. You could say NCLA. It's very fast. You could have <laughs> said that. Anyway, so. Well, I, you know, one thing I do want to touch on, because, again, I, I don't have the antitrust background, but I was sort of taken by the fact that maybe this goes to sort of uh, the complication of antitrust, and maybe I'll get angry letters from antitrust lawyers from saying this, but uh, at least as I understood Chair Khan's position is that they operate under three different laws that give them antitrust, and that to me sounds like three too many, but, you know, let the antitrust lawyers come after me because it just seems like, well, how is that a workable framework? Because as far as I gathered, as a lay person as to antitrust, that 
those all operate under different standards with different interests developed at different times if you were talking about the originalist perspective. And that seems a bit unworkable to me. Well, I think she meant the Clayton Act, Sherman Act, and, and, and Magnuson. The, uh, Magnuson, uh, it just escaped me. The, yeah, the, 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 the FTC Act itself, right. yeah. So in any event, um, I will move on quickly to administrative law. There was a panel uh, hosted by Stephen Menashe, Judge Menashe of the Second Circuit, on administrative law, its supporters, and its discontents. And um, you had Ron Levin, who loves him some administrative agencies. Mm -hmm. So he was very he was very good. I thought he went into the lion's den very well. Mm -hmm. You had Emily Bremer, who loves administrative law more than constitutional law. I think she said maybe more than her own children or something. I mean, yeah, she really yeah, she, loves she administrative law. She leaned in on law. it. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Steve Bradbury, who's a burn it down guy. Mm -hmm. So I and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that panel, and I thought that it was interesting that Judge Menashe interrupted people right after. Usually you let everyone talk, but he would ask everyone a question afterwards. So um, I thought that that was pretty good considering, you know, you talk about that those folks have way different views. And I thought that they all did a nice job on on having a civil and in interesting conversation about administrative law. So, Well, I, I think that that sort of goes to the broader point that it, I was touching on earlier that I think that when you look at the sort of media coverage of we'll call it high stakes administrative law cases, some of which we are involved in, some of which friends of ours are involved in. Um, you know, there, you could be left with the impression that it's this, like, you know, the, the, the fields of World War I out there. And I think when what's lost in that coverage is it's sort of put through a political lens. So it's really just a bunch of nerds in a room yeah, that's, fighting things out yeah. on like, old books they found and old cases and trying to get to the better argument. And so, you know, it's, it, there's a very different perception, I think, from the outside, from lay people of, you know, what we do versus what this actually looks like in, in reality. I think you're right about that. Now, Casey, did you have any, go to any panels or anything that you found interesting? <laughs> yeah. So I, m most of the ones that stood out to me were Saturday. So we had the Rosencrantz debate, which was about the I'm about, I'm about to move to Saturday. Okay. All right. She's, so she's ahead we, of it. Yeah. She's ahead of it. So, uh, <laughs> The Barbara K. Olson lecture wasn't about law. It was really about defending the West um, by Barry Weiss. I, I recommend it to everyone to go on YouTube, but it's really not our thing mm -hmm. uh, here because there wasn't any law in it. She's not a lawyer, but I recommend go to YouTube, get Barry Weiss talking it. You'll, uh, you'll be out of your chairs cheering, I think, by the end of it. Um, so go ahead. Saturday. That, that, all right. Let's go to, let's go to also client Clark Neely um, yes. with... Uh, with Professor Epstein, who no um, no Federal Society. Um, there's two things you need at a Federal Society. You need Professor Epstein on something mm -hmm. who says he'll, I will argue with anyone on any subject <laughs> at any time. And then, uh, and what's the other thing you need, Kara? Um, you have a, to have a panel that starts or includes the word wither. Yes, wither such and such. <laughs> so what did you think about that debate between Neely and Epstein? Uh, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting topic. It's about just for listeners to fill them in. This is about two laws passed, one in Texas, one in Florida, and it has to do with whether the states can have a hand in content moderation policies on platforms like Facebook, Twitter, uh, social media companies. And so, you know, there's a whole debate about whether this is the same thing as common carriers, like hotels, restaurants, or whether it's more complicated because these services are free and it's, you're talking about speech. Um, so I, th I thought it was really interesting. It's a tangly argument. I don't think there's a clear cut answer here. 
Well, I did think so. I they it was kind of the net choice case, but they didn't really held themselves. To I was going to say. I mean, it sort of sounds like net choice, but it was. Did they take broader. a broader? Yeah, sort yeah, yeah. Of... They took broader. So Epstein says that uh, he he thinks that it's it's infused with the public. Well, I don't think. I don't know whether Epstein believes what he was arguing, okay? Well, he said he would argue with anybody anytime, yeah, anywhere about exactly. anything, so yeah. <laughs> so he took the position that uh, the states could regulate the social media, and the way they're regulating them, and what's happening in the conservative movement now is that the they want to regulate social media to not exclude conservative views because they look upon uh, the social media companies as kind of a bunch of... Uh, uh, left-wingers who, who won't allow any conservatives on. So they think that the content moderation, because Section 230 um, prevents libel cases against these organizations that they should also have to have on um, conservative views. So they start to pass laws on that. The the no, the um, traditional view of libertarians, which Clark certainly Clark Neely mm-hmm. certainly falls within, is no, you can't do that. And his his view was that wait a minute, I have a lending library in in you know one of those little book things. Oh yeah, a little yeah, free exactly. library. And so I decide what books are in there, and if the the state of Virginia came and told me I had to have like you know Tennessee Coates book in there, I would. Break the thing up and use it as firewood. I gotta tell you, I gotta check down that little free library. There's probably some great reads. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Let me see what's in there on liberty, uh, Hayek. Uh, all you know, the Federalist papers. All the Federalist papers. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it was very good, and and I think that that Rosencrantz and it was and it was net, it was um, moderated by Professor Rosencrantz of Georgetown and also the founder of that um, that. Um, uh, it's now traditional to have that debate uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of the day, and I, 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 it's it's always good. They always get good folks, and uh, I did think that uh, that Clark was very brave to go in there against Epstein, and Professor Epstein kept to his time. He did not go over, and uh, I think that that is not always the case. Mm-hmm. So um, let me let me move on. I guess the we have a little bit of time left. We'll go on to the last thing that happened, which was the um, the Robert. Bork Memorial Lecture, and it was by Judge Griffith, uh, who Griffith, who um, who's retired now, but he gave what I'll call the old time religion speech. Uh, it was about uh, judging and neutral principles, and and Robert Bork uh, famously wrote in, in Indiana Law Journal about um, neutral principles of judging that you don't care about the politics of it, and you have to um, sort of pull yourself away from the from the merits and have these neutral principles of judging. And this is kind of how the Federal Society was founded. And um, and now there is a new, there's two new things coming up. One of them is the libertarian view. Uh, I think Randy Barnett would be that, which is um, active, active constitutionalism, that mm-hmm. the judges are there to enforce the Constitution, and that's going to require striking down a lot of stuff. And then you also have the Vermeule types who think that there's common good constitutionalism. Mm-hmm. The neutral principles is against both those, I would say. Well, the uh, neutral principles sounds like it's the, uh, you know, this was, I, I should say that when I clerked, my, my judge was a, a huge baseball fan. And I think a lot of judges tend to be baseball fans is what I've come to find. And it's it was always about balls and strikes. You're the umpire. And th- that's, that to me is like the classic concept of neutral judging. I think so too. Um, 
I thought, and I will just tell you, this is a, a little LG, I thought it was not as wild, wildly received as it would have been 25 years ago. And I, I think that's because of the two, the two uh, movements that I just discussed. Well, listen, I thank you both for doing this recap with me. And um, we'll be on next week here on Administrative Static. <laughs>